0: Welcome to the Televerse, Streaming in Place, Gravity Falls. Hello everybody and welcome back to Streaming in Place. This is Kate Colesick, joined as ever by, shh, don't wake Stalin, champion, uh, Noel Kirkpatrick. Hey, five time,
1: (laughs) shh, don't wake Stalin, champion. Sorry,
0: my apologies. Oh,
1: I I
2: had one, hold on, two shakes. (laughs) Oh boy, God, this is what I get for feeling like I'm so
1: on top of it today. Um... (laughs) I put it on like a little post-it note so I wouldn't forget. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there we go. And uh and uh, Cute Biker twenty twenty-four, Allison Shoemaker, uh you know, there, there have been worse candidates, certainly. Many, many worse. Cute biker twenty twenty four. Solid uh, pitch right there. Um uh, we are talking about Gravity Falls season two, episodes uh, fourteen and fifteen, the Stanchurian candidate and the last maple corn. Um <laughs> Delightful uh, episodes, and yes, Allison, she, listener, she's holding her arms up victorious. Called it! You crushed it! You absolutely called it. Uh, how are you feeling?
2: Um, Victoria, I'm feeling like the only person who correctly filled out the Merrill paperwork.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, I just <laughs> I really, I crushed it uh, by doing the least amount possible,
0: but still something.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's not like it was a. Uh, particularly out there guests, but every once in a while, I'm, I like to be reminded that watching a lot of television does have benefits. So if all of a sudden there's a, there is a lot of the mayor and there was never any mayor before, and then you have an episode that has the word candidate in the title, maybe someone's going to run for mayor, um, <laughs> The, the other uh-oh. thing, watching
1: a lot of television gets used, becoming a published author. So, everyone, buy How, do, How <laughs> TV Makes You Smarter by Alison Shoemaker.
0: Available at your local bookstore, bookshop.org. Bookshop.org.
2: Please leave me an Amazon review. I don't go look at them because I am terrified.
1: <laughs> but you're also not a monster who trolls people on Goodreads for giving 4.5 reviews. <laughs> oh, my and God. Being like, I rounded it down. I rounded it up. Oh, you're such fucking nerds, all of you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Listeners, that is was a part of the Twitter discourse for a while there. Uh but is it still lingering? I feel like we've moved
1: on as a Twitter sphere. That that person is blocking any mention of their name. Okay. Anyone who says their name, they're blocking them, apparently. So okay. no, it's See, still going.
0: This is why we stay out of the comments and don't <laughs> read the things, because we can never trust ourselves to not be that flavor of internet monster. So Um, Fair enough. Well, let's talk about our first episode here, The Stand Candidate, and we have our uh, return of Lil Gideon. Uh, We have mention and awareness, but absolutely no investigation of the horror, the body horror of possession. Um, And absolutely no lesson learned uh, from the kids. What, What did we think of this episode? Noel, what did you think revisiting it? Did you remember this one?
1: I did remember this one and yeah it's it's a rough episode watching two sets of two different sets of kids control parental figures if not outright parents but in different ways. I think that's what makes it better maybe is one used high technology magic and the other one just used magic. It's not they're both the same. It's bad. They're both bad at they shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. Um, but it does create fun humor for this kind of stuff. Like, I enjoy Stan being controlled by Mabel and yelling at one another. And I think, yeah, it's just, it's very silly. But I was also a little disappointed because I feel like a Gravity Falls election should have been weirder than it is here, which admittedly is weird. It just doesn't seem weird enough.
0: I don't know. I thought the mayor picking the eagle was pretty... It's pretty weird. The kiss from the mayor picking eagle uh Allison was it weird enough for you?
2: Yeah, I think it was. Um I I don't know. I think maybe I wanted more from the Lil Gideon storyline. Um because it really it I think it works pretty well as What about Stan is good? What about Stan is worth admiring? Well, his love for his family and his willingness to risk his life to save them is what's good about Stan. It's actually sort of a tidy story that neither Mabel and Dipper pretending to say all the right things, nor Stan saying whatever comes out of his mouth does any good at all. But Stan acting impulsively, showing us what he thinks is important rather than telling us. Um, is is pretty tidy, the Gideon piece of it works better as a like an underlying um, I guess sense of menace um, but only in little doses because i don 't actually buy we have to control Stan as a reason for Mabel and Dipper to do what they do. that I think is where I kind of struggle. Um, But the actual, like, the bird seed and the parchments and all of that, um, the the implication that this guy has been mayor for over 90 years, like, all of that, um, the very basic requirements, the literal throwing of the hat in the ring, all of that stuff was fun. Um, It's got a little Parks and Rec vibe that I enjoy. Uh, But I wish that the... It's not really even the A story and the B story, it's just all the same story but different threads of it. I wish that the Gideon thread um were heftier, I guess, and that the justification of the storyline as a whole was a little more substantial.
0: Hmm. Marcus says, uh also Stan was disqualified for having a criminal record and not, you know, not being Stanford
1: Vines, <laughs> um, yeah, that would have been bad at some point. I feel like Stan. I feel like Ford would have been upset at the end of this summer and been like, "Wait, I'm mayor now too." <laughs>
0: yeah, there is that. Um, and, 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 specifically they reference him as Stanford because of course now you're listening for it, right? They don't say Stan Lee. They don't just say Stan, they say Stanford. Um, so yeah, there, you'd think that would come up as well. I agree that the Lil Gideon part of things, uh, is thin and... I have no trouble with, we haven't seen Gideon in a while, and now he has uh, like a remote, uh, you know, he's ready for the pandemic. He's got a remote set up. He's all good to go. Like, that I have no trouble with. But um, the motivations and some of the other like, now he's ready to make a deal? Was he not ready to make a deal earlier? Because, mm, yes, they're setting up their, uh, you know, the next... Run of episodes and everything. And so the the plot requires, and the larger plot requires him to have held out till now, but you don't get a sense of it. Um so yeah, I I enjoyed this one quite a bit. And certainly, like I think uh, depending on I don't remember exactly when it aired, um, uh, but when they're making it, like that could you know in a different context, I'm sure it would play a little differently if we were still in the middle of like all the election stress um that you know we were experiencing for the last, you know, Many years, uh, that I think it would might play a little differently, but I, I mostly had fun with this one, and I also think Stan would be a terrible mayor. <laughs> so, uh, are you
1: are you suggesting that it's easy to read Stan as maybe a Trump proxy? As a, I could go to this debate naked and still get elected.
0: Well, there's that. No, <laughs> mostly just like when he is in a stress situation, he makes choices that. Are laudable and have the right motivations, right? But when he's not in a stress situation, he makes terrible choices that hurt everyone. They hurt himself, they hurt his family, they hurt other people around him. He is not someone that you want in that. He's the, he's the, he's the person you want in the action movie, uh, not the person you want, you know, in the montage before the the action starts to build, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is what we see in this episode. So, I mean, I think they really lucked out <laughs> with the, the the Byzantine ridiculousness of their laws, so that he didn't end up as mayor because it would it would not be good. He wants to go to war with local townships, and he would.
1: I feel like that's okay. I feel like going to war with the local townships probably a good idea.
0: Probably. I mean, for the you, best. Need re-
1: you need to you re- need you need to replace like various factories that are now possessed by little Gideon Storage. <laughs> Somehow. Well, and also,
2: if any individual town in the United States needs a strategic defense initiative of some sort, it is Gravity Falls with everything that surrounds it, right? If only they need a gnome defense system, if only for the gnomes to say nothing of <laughs> anything else. I mean, there's a di- they're dinosaurs, like, they're, you've got to take steps, but... Uh, it seems like maybe uh, people who don't know what the hell they're doing shouldn't run for office unless they educate themselves.
0: That's uh, I will, ridiculous.
2: Yeah. Who knew? Um, I will say I appreciated the on one level appreciated the twist that they said we need a total blank slate. And then they've got the, the obvious Manchurian candidate there and Tad Normal. Is that his name?
1: Tad Strange, Tad being stri- normal Tad is his game. Tad Strange, being
2: normal is his game, yeah. He likes um, bread. Which I also like bread. That was the other possible um, nickname I wrote down for myself.
1: We all like bread, but that made me think about the time I told LaToya that ketchup was a good condiment because it's delicious. <laughs> Remember that, call? <laughs> good times. Those
2: were the
0: days. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, yeah, I appreciated that. They then redirected towards Seuss, but then that's also still disturbing. Like, it's just mm-hmm. disturbing and making a joke about it being disturbing isn't quite enough to, it's not enough for me. Like, I appreciate there's a slight level of self-awareness, but wow, if you- you're going to throw that out there, you better be ready to follow up on it.
0: Well, and I think there's a, there's a similar uh, out of step sort of element with the the references to Gideon in jail. Because as Marcus says, uh, Gideon's cellmate taking his pillow for his wife was a pushed Gideon over the edge. Uh, And then, so that implies, you know, quite a bit of violence. And then um, later we have jokes about friendship bracelets and finger painting. And like I don't think you get to have both of those things in the same fictional off-screen jail. So I don't, you know... Yeah. 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 Any final thoughts on this one?
1: No. We talked about Tad Strange, which was going to be my only other thing, because there's something wrong with that guy. Yeah. Don't trust him. I don't trust Tad Strange at all.
0: (laughs)
2: Um, I'll say that there were a couple, like, little jokes I liked quite a lot, um, even with the sort of... Disturbing aspect um, Seuss's, Mabel's dancing Dude song for Seuss Choice um, Steven Root was really fun in this episode Listening to him read As Gideon was A great treat um, And his little performance Art piece was wonderful uh, So I liked those pieces But yeah, listening to Steven Root say Fwens was just <laughs> a, a treat! I didn't know I wanted that But now mm. I'm so glad I have it
0: well, let's move over to our second episode, which is the last Mabelcorn um, in, and I mean, we've got to take a moment for Celeste Bella Bethabel, Celeste Bella Bethabel, um, and just unicorns are dicks, which is nothing new to Legends of Tomorrow fans. Uh, what, what did you think of, of all this? What did you think of the Lisa Frank uh, interpretation of the, of the unicorns?
2: Uh, I've got a little soapbox for this one, so I want Noel to go first.
0: Okay.
1: Um. Yeah, no. I I. feel like that, for me, Legends of Tomorrow ruined this episode because of the unicorn of it all. Um, but I do think that there's still a little bit of, like... I like the fact that, like you said, Kate, the unicorn is just a complete and awful entity um, that is lying and scamming. And it's a very... Gravity Falls sort of an approach to things of repositioning the unicorn instead of being like a figure of purity, a figure typically associated with Christ, into, yeah, no, they're just dicks. They're just frustrating, to use uh, Ford's terminology. But I do like that it still reinforces that Mabel does the right thing. But I also always really like when Mabel and the girls just go to town and beat the shit out of things. Um, So coming back with tufts of unicorn hair, plus goop and blood all over themselves. That's all Lisa Frank sparkly. I'm here for that. Um, But we still also need to talk about the, stanford of it all as well but the unicorn stuff i think is okay but i'm way more interested in hearing allison's soapbox
2: um it's not this is i as i was watching i was like oh wow this isn't allison the person who's a viewer who occasionally responds as a critic for streaming and plays like my critic brain turned on and i think there's a really important misstep here that for me takes an episode that i would have absolutely loved and which i still liked a lot and kind of sours it which is that i don't think the people who wrote this episode and and sort of animated this episode but for sure the people who wrote this episode think that unicorns are cool at all um that's fair and i don't think that they think lisa frank is cool at all or that girly things are cool at all all everything it's coded as being too much i've watched my little pony friendship is magic it's not my jam but It's sincere, and the problem here, it's not... The unicorns are insincere, but it's not as though it's not beautiful to look at, and it's possible for it to be both of those things. You can say unicorns are jerks without coding all of the girly stuff as being fake and repulsive, because why on earth would we be interested in those things? You know, it's it's like, um, I don't know... it's a problem for me of perspective. If we were... the First of all, the turn would be more satisfying if it was actually appealing. But at no point does Celestina, bloody, 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 Beth, a, Tina, Beck, uh, <laughs> Jenny, um, at no point is she remotely appealing. And some of that comes down to the fact that they've once again taken a, a female or presumably female character and made them ridiculous by coding their voice as male right like it's um that's not to say that that character can't be cool with a voice that's that is obviously meant to evoke a man doing a woman's voice it's not like it's not convincing it's meant to sound that way um And that could also be really cool, but it's not. It's obviously supposed to be unappealing and ridiculous. The eyes are too big. The anime, it's it's all too much and not in a way that feels celebratory or fun or enchanting or convincing, which is the big problem with the turn. It's flimsiness and insincerity comes off. Not as being a result of the fact that they're being played, but that the people who are making it don't actually think it's cool, and I think that's a real missed opportunity because Mabel does think it's cool, and I think Mabel's cool, so it can be both things. It's like um it's like the cool girl speech from Gone girl uh, but in inverse sort of it like we're meant to think that Wendy and company have the right idea even if they're doing the wrong thing because it's like cool like so when Mabel gives in that's cool that's super cool they're being cool uh, but it can be both Mabel can be sparkly and wonderful and also a badass and a good person and there can be more gray area none of these things are mutually exclusive um so I found it disappointing in that very specific respect um and it's actually something that it has in common with Dungeons, Dungeons and More Dungeons. I just think there's an air of punching down, I guess, that's starting to bug me a little bit um, when they go into some of these flights of fancy.
0: Are, do, do either of you have that impression? Am I coming from totally left field here? I didn't peg it, but when you say that, yeah, I absolutely hear what you're saying, and I think you like you mentioned specifically the eyes of the unicorn and and that end of
2: the um. The fawn,
0: yeah, the cent- the the yeah, the fawn, yeah, yeah, uh, and that you're right because it's it intentionally coded to be off-putting and have the veneer of what w- would be alluring to to Mabel, but not, but but making sure we know that she's wrong for. You know, because it's off-putting for 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 not noticing that the eyes are wrong, kind of a thing. And you can point to the difference in some of the design here versus when she gets all hopped up on sugar <laughs> at the convenience store and goes into like her fantasy make-believe kind of altered state, uh, because that is Lisa Frank and everything, uh, or that kind of colorful explosion of energy, but without the um, without that that distance that you were seeing here and um yeah and it that is I mean I, I think we get another very easy parallel or thing to point to is uh Shira right and yeah. the idea that Shira the new She-Ra, is for kids or people watching who like adventure sci-fi kind of stories and also really like glitter uh and this is for them you know and and there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> um and if I agree that if they had, instead of making it um, surface level almost right, but a little off-putting, if they had just committed to it and, like you were saying, been more sincere, then we could be on board with Mabel as she doubts herself, as opposed to spending the whole episode going, Mabel, obviously it's a trick. Obviously something is up. Like, you know you're great. You know, as opposed to just kind of... uh, we, we can't be with her on her journey to this was really cruel what you were doing to me. And I was legitimately doubting myself because it's so clear that something is amiss. You know what? It's the good place. And I thought of
2: that as I was watching the episode specifically because of Mabel's list, like that was the comparison in my head. And obviously this predates the good place, but that mm-hmm. kept coming up, I think reasonably, but I think that the thing that actually is, is relevant here is that it's not a convincing lie. It would be like I'm sh- some of the Michael Good Place universes were less convincing than others and this is like one of those. Only I was never fooled and I don't really buy that Mabel was fooled. Um and it would have been so much more satisfying if if they had approached it with enthusiasm as opposed to scorn. And I may be overstating, I don't want to um, say that the way it felt to me is actually what happened I have absolutely no idea what that writer's room Was like or what their intention was But it comes off as being Vaguely disdainful um, Which is bad for the plot And diminishes the Viewing experience for me Like imagine if, if only in the voice acting Imagine if instead of casting I can't, I've i already forgotten his name But a very well established voice actor They had cast Like Jinx Monsoon Mm-hmm. right who's also done animation work um and it had been approached with a sort of um embrace of gender fluidity and if they had taken because then we'd be associating it with drag and drag queens are the fairy godmothers of the world like that's That would bring a more positive energy, so that the reversal would be so much more satisfying. And instead, and it would be convincing that Maple had been manipulated. And instead, it just feels like, oh well, she's stupid. That's all fake. So why on earth did she believe that? I don't know. It was frustrating for me.
0: Well, and Marcus says this is you know right after she puppeted Grunkle Stan, so it's not like the not pure of heart thing isn't without merit. And totally, absolutely, and that that would allow. A much more sincere and much more like earnest, I as mean, a viewer too, and like analysis of like, oh, maybe, maybe the time in Gravity Falls hasn't been great for Mabel. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's not bringing out the best in her <laughs> to have access to these these kinds of powers and abilities and such. Um, but instead, we get a pat. Oh no, she's been fine this whole time. She hasn't done anything wrong. This unicorn is just a jerk. Don't don't self-examine. You were right the whole time. It is the children who are wrong, you know, uh, et cetera. Uh, Noel, any thoughts on this?
1: So I think that the the lack of sincerity I think is really spot on, and I think that it does undermine the central thrust of the episode, which is never meet your heroes because they will inevitably disappoint you and betray you (laughs) in some way, shape or form. And that's what this episode is ultimately about. Like there's a pairing and a paralleling of Dipper's experiences with Ford and the revelation that he worked with Bill and everything along those lines. And Mabel meeting a unicorn, the one thing she's wanted to meet and experience. And Allison's explanation and breakdown of all of this, I think, is really illuminating in how they play the Ford revelation versus how they play this, which the Ford revelation comes off with a higher degree of competence and also horror um, versus the kind of pfft of the unicorn revelation because of how they didn't put in that work. Um, and I think that there's a degree of you want it to be true kind of thing coming from Mabel, but the, the episode doesn't put in the work of allowing that buy-in to happen. Right. So I think that that's, that's really kind of where it falls apart is that there's not enough of a buy-in of, Oh yeah, this doesn't seem right, but I'm sure everything's fine. I'll, I'll go with it because I just want it to be true. Um, and there's not that element of it. And that's that I think, becomes an issue
2: or no. That's such a good point because the other thing that's not there is, or I have to go through with this because it's the only way to help protect my family, right? which is such a clear motivation. And instead it's just, she has to be a good person. So she wants to be a good person. So she wants to be pure of heart. There's no, maybe we've all been spoiled by the good place, but the, the philosophical underpinnings here are really sloppy. Um, And so I think is the, visual language and all of that stuff um but I don't want to linger on this forever because obviously I'm also super excited to talk about Dipper and Ford
0: yeah so what do we think of our reveal of there's another floor that they just have never pushed that button in the elevator skeptical <laughs> eyebrow um, and they've uh you know they've uh we got this reveal of Ford I thought I thought they played it pretty well I thought it made complete sense what we what we see here um and I continue like I like that there's, again, we've talked about the balance of how meta things are and whether it, when they go too far or when they're hitting that just right. I liked the, uh, I haven't been in this dimension for a while. It's okay to just, like, give children weapons, right? <laughs> it's okay to just, like, plug children's brain into machines and uh, probably, hopefully not, you know, do any
1: lasting damage. Windy, 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 <laughs> windy.
0: Uh, so, so uh, Allison, what did you think of our revelations about Bill and Ford? Um, you know, I for I mean, I think it's
2: really, really interesting, and all the stuff I'm about to say is assuming that it's that the ambiguity is intentional, um, which I hope is correct, uh, and if not, I'll be a little disappointed but I'm trying to not get my hopes up it's very complicated um I still don't trust Ford and I think that that is intentional I think they did such a good job of making it clear <laughs> clear that he's got um obviously questionable mental health questionable intentions and questionable judgment before we get to this episode and then all of the things that Dipper sees, Um, I think it would rightly make him pretty paranoid about how much Ford can be trusted, about whether or not he's always totally in control, um, about what it says about his decision making what it says about his priorities um all of that stuff and then on top of that dipper being able to sort of give himself a little bit more leeway um knowing that everybody can sometimes be fooled and everybody can deceive that's great and he's certainly more interesting as a flawed figure than as the sort of ideal hero that dipper has been seeing him as um but if that ambiguity is not intentional, then that is going to end up being pretty frustrating because they, they just leave a lot dangling. And I really hope that's on purpose because that is the most interesting piece of this. If Dipper never quite knows 100, with 100% certainty that what Ford is saying and doing is him saying and doing it and that his judgment is to be trusted is that a question that either of you found yourselves asking and granted you know things so maybe when you first watched it was that something you <laughs> found yourself asking
1: well i think there's definitely that ambiguity about ford that is enhanced by jk simmons being here um from a vocal quality performance um because we know jk simmons can be warm but he can also veer real heavily into that anger mode that really can push you away and make you concerned, um, which is one of his many talents. Which is why he was
2: so great as Tenzin.
1: Right, exactly. And I think that really comes through here as well of he just really gets the imbalance of Ford's state of existence. And I think that the show wants you to really appreciate that from making sure that we see that the barrier goes up and that bill responds to the barrier going up. um, And then deciding on a townsperson to possess, to get in. Um, but the degree to, as a way of make reassuring us that Ford is someone to be trusted, even while we were just like, yeah, but the JK Simmons of it all <laughs> Um, allows us that kind of degree of how, how long of a game is this being played, but also what exactly is Ford looking for to get out of this um, and the links that he's willing to go. Because it was just like a barrier around the thing is one thing, but it's also what will he do if the barrier goes down?
2: Well, and are so. they n- are none of them supposed to leave the yeah, mystery exactly. shop now? They yeah. all have to be there all of the time because that doesn't seem likely. Yeah.
0: Well, there's probably about five more episodes worth of adventure, so we'll see. <laughs> 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 um, Marcus, if you have any thoughts, final thoughts, go ahead and throw them in the chat. But um, yeah, some of this will be discussed in future. But our next two episodes are more standalone. Standalone. So. I will see. Um Marcus says they were even outside the barrier when it went up. And yeah. yeah, it's like okay, well if he he could possess Dipper or or Ford like literally as they're talking about how they can't be possessed inside the bubble they're outside of and that's like <laughs> it just seems like 101, you know, for someone with this that their level of experience and rightful paranoia about Bill. Um so yeah, that's yeah. I imagine we'll have more on that in the in the coming uh the coming episodes. Uh, Marcus says final uh, thoughts. The episode teased you Jumanji riff and then didn't deliver. I'm not sure I can forgive them.
2: It's yes, super because fair. yes, it's super yes.
0: Fair. I was going to call Elsin the reigning Juma- not Jumanji Queen, if she didn't have her cute biker 2024 handle ready. Uh, because, yeah isn't
1: all of Gravity Falls just a Jumanji?
0: <laughs> it's not not that. It's yeah, not that's not true. a
2: Jumanji. If you told me Gravity Falls was secretly a board game all along, I would totally believe you. It tracks. Yeah, it definitely tracks. They're actually just still playing Dungeons, Dungeons, and More Dungeons
1: yep the whole it's, time it's it's nuts to nuts to butts d- dungeons dungeons and more dungeons <laughs> <laughs>
0: well uh, next week we're going to be back uh, with our final week of Gravity Falls Monday we're going to be talking about episodes 16 and 17 16 is roadside attraction and 17 is Dipper and Mabel versus the future so uh, roadside attraction Allison any thoughts that was a terrible title
2: Um, well, terrible for guessing. Who knows? Might be a great title. Roadside attraction. Um, maybe the mystery shack suddenly becomes incredibly prosperous because they build a new highway through Gravity Falls. So tourists are coming in in droves because it's a roadside attraction. Then they install a gas pump and they put a little picnic area And then, uh, and then it's just, it's, 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 what's the wall drug? Mystery Shack becomes wall drug. (laughs) That's, that's my guess for that one. What was the second one? Dipper and Mabel versus the future. Well, maybe it's the return of Blendon Blandon. Okay. Um, time travel. Maybe they do battle with future Pines twins. Okay. Um, like... 40 year old Mabel and Dipper that would be really fun that would be cool and then I would love to hear what Kristen Schaal does as adult Mabel yeah I'm gonna hope it's that that would rock
0: <laughs> there is a, a voice actor who comes in uh, who I think you will enjoy John Leguizamo? it's not John Leguizamo <laughs> I'm sorry it's not John Leguizamo uh, but I look forward to to your thoughts uh, I Leguizamo
2: will... for Lucifer season 5
0: <laughs> i i will say that the so that listeners can plan ahead we are going to do the, it's a three-part finale so that's what next week wednesday is going to be um but the third part of that three-part finale i just was reminded as i was looking through things is an hour long so it's like a two hour half hour half hour hour like minus the commercials so less less time than that but like yeah it's uh you're going to want to plan ahead with your timing if you're going to intend to watch all uh, three yeah, to say. four <laughs> parts of the uh, finale like before Wednesday. So, anyways, more on that next time. Uh but we'll wrap it up there. Uh Marcus says uh, you need to choose the show next that John Leguizamo is in just for that bit. No. Uh, unfortunately, no he's not in our next show. <laughs> he's not
1: in the next show. So, <laughs> no. it's too but
0: bad. I don't know the, I don't know the casting for any of the the upcoming Lucifer seasons. Sure. So, it could happen. Knows. John Leguizamo happen. would
2: totally fit
0: in the Lucifer world.
2: He would. Oh yeah.
1: yeah. Yes, definitely. Also
2: in Legends of Tomorrow, I'm just saying, yes. people need yes. to cast John Leguizamo in more things.
1: <laughs> well, maybe he's gonna be in How I Met Your Father, which was just announced before. <laughs> <my marriage. laughs> okay, Why did gonna, you have to
0: say that! We're gonna we're gonna pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> we're gonna get the memory ray out for that. And instead say Metal thank plate. you everyone for listening. <laughs> thank you, Marcus, for joining us in the chat, and we'll be back next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>